Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, just kind of a special touch tonight of the Spirit. Just seems like you're drawing real close and just wooing over our hearts tonight. And Lord, we tremble in your presence. We thank you, dear God, for this message that you've sent to the earth. God, we gather together tonight in faith, dear Lord. The word is our headship, Lord. You are welcome here and you have preeminence among us. How many battles you've brought us through, Lord. How many valleys you've brought us through. We want to open our lungs tonight and thank you, Father, for your goodness. And Lord, as we assemble together in faith and Read your word. We ask, O God, that the Spirit of God would energize everything that is said and done for your glory. Write your word upon our hearts. And God, may the flame that is burning in our souls burn brighter and brighter, dear God. Remember the shut-ins. Remember those that are sick and afflicted. Lord, pass by our way tonight, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. How many love the Lord tonight? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And I wanted to say thank you for your prayers for Sister Helen. It's nothing less than a miracle. Sister Helen is uh, up talking, eating today. And she was far gone. And, and uh, with her age, it was nothing less, nothing short of a miracle. And so we're rejoicing and we want to thank you for your prayers. Our God is mighty in battle. And uh, we're just uh, privileged to be called as children tonight. Let's turn in our Bibles, if we can, to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and we'll read four verses. It's good to have Brother Tim, Brother Timothy back. And I feel like everybody's in the house of the Lord at their post of duty and ready, to, ready for battle. Matthew chapter 18. Verse 1. And at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him, sat him in the midst of him, and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I want to preach tonight on childlike faith and simplicity. May God bless the reading of his word. You can have your seats this evening. Thank you, sir. Brother Branham said, you know, Jesus said, suffer little children to come to me. And he said, a little child is a pattern of the kingdom of God. And I just love the way that God is. I love the gospel. I love the way God operates, the way he does things. Except you're converted and become as little children. We don't even have a chance at it. And to become as little children, God is speaking of simplicity. He's speaking of humility and innocence. He's speaking of a modest opinion of oneself. Not 
humble in other people's eyes, but humble in your own eyes. And the temperament of a child is teachable. It's humble. It's, its ears are open. Its heart is open to receive. And uh, they're free from prejudice. A child is uninhibited. A child is absolutely free from what, what we know as we get older is pride or covetousness or envy or, or ambition uh, to be better or greater than the other. Children don't operate that way. They can fuss and fight, but just within minutes, they're right back to playing again. They don't hold grudges. They don't really experience pride. He's, there's no pretense in a child. A child is just, is what it is. And, and it's, that's the beauty. It's purity. It's morality. It's innocence is what we would call it. It's the state of being harmless. It's the state of, of being blameless, just uh, free from what we would call sin. We call it the age of accountability when they understand right from wrong. But when they're young, they're innocent, they're pure, they don't, they don't know right from wrong. So they're, 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 just, they're just beautiful to watch. And they're, they're almost what we would call silly. They're so simple and plain. And it's actually associated with weakness too because they become dependent upon their parents. You know, Brother Branham said this, if you spank a child, he said just a couple minutes, they're right back in their mom and dad's lap. They forgot all about it. And he said, in order to be a Christian, we've got to be this way. How many said, Lord, help me? Happy and free, uninhibited, no pride, no covetedness. And Brother Branham said, it is the innocence and simplicity of a child that touches the heart of God. And except you be converted, you'll no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, we are identified with Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, they laid their hands upon the Lamb, identifying themselves with the lamb and when we pray and our transfer our sins upon the lamb then all of Christ's purity all of Christ's life all of Christ's innocence comes back upon the believer and brother Branham said the blood of Jesus Christ actually makes us more innocent than even a child that's the power that is in the blood this is the very nature of God can you say amen? amen? Brother Branham said God condescended down to earth and became a foot wash flunky. He said man cannot stoop as low as God. Man cannot humble himself as low as God. God who created the universe that spoke the universe into existence by his own word was washing the feet of fishermen. Washing the feet of men that would deny him. Men that would betray him. Washing the feet of men. Sinful men. Godless men. Think of it. Think of the creator of earth washing the scum off of Peter's feet. Brother Branham said that God condescended to become a foot wash flunky. And Jesus was our example. Jesus made himself no reputation. 
It's amazing how human beings want a reputation, want to go down in history, and it's just our nature of man. He tries to be big. And Brother Branham said we can never get to God by being big. We can only get to God as we condescend as he did. Not a manufactured humility. Not a humble and proud of it. But he wants us to be humble in our own sight. He wants us to know we were but dust when he called us. It was the grace of God that come by our way. It is unmerited love and grace of God. People can see right through pretense. God wants a genuine humility. Not condemning others because you possess humility and they don't. Driving a rusty old car just to condemn everyone else. Talking about the humility of Almighty God. Genuine Spirit of God will produce genuine humility. And God dwells in humility. Brother Branham said, God dwells there. Ain't that wonderful? And the more God blesses you, Brother Branham said, just keep getting littler. The more God blesses your home, humble yourself even more. Brother Branham called it the sweet-smelling savor of humility. Amen. I know in my life, I, I, I read it and it moves my heart because that's what I want. And Brother Branham, I'll read it to you. He said, you know, people want power, but they don't know what power is. If you want power, see how humble you can get. Get away from all your worldly thinking and humble yourself before God. And then you've got more power than the man that runs all over the building and makes a lot of noise because you have been able to conquer yourself and commit yourself to Christ and humble yourself before him. That's real power. Show me a church that's humble, real humble, not arrogant. A church that is sweet and humble and I'll show you the church that has the favor and power of God in it. That's the thing is humility. Humbling ourselves before God and letting God work through us. How many say, Lord, let me start right here. I want to humble myself to his word. Humble myself. God is right and we are wrong. I want to humble myself in my marriage as a father as a husband, as a church member, as a Christian. I want to humble myself. I love the way God operates. When Saul had turned his back on the word of God, God said, I will raise another king to reign in his place. And God never chose an aristocrat or a big shot. He found a man wearing a little shepherd's, a shepherd's clothes with a slingshot on his side. And he turned down the big and the brawny and the great. And he found a little shepherd boy because God looks at the heart. He said, that's the one I'm anointing king. That's the one that I am choosing. God is hunting and looking. Not for church spires and, and greatness, but he's looking for humility. Humility to take God's word and believe it you got to humble yourself to believe God's word. Humble faith to accept him as your savior. Humble faith to accept him as your healer. You actually have to humble yourself to accept it. 
Can you say amen? We don't have to be smart. We just got to be humble. (laughs) Brother Branham said now, God does not always come in the way that we think. He comes so humble. People got it all fixed up the way that he's going to come. And we walk over the humility. Scientists can send a man into the space. And he said, and he'll walk over a blade of grass and not know anything about it. You've got to humble yourself to know God. You've got to get rid of your ideas. Open your heart and your life to him. And he will make himself known. Ain't that wonderful? Says in Isaiah 55 verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, saith the the Lord. As heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Brother Branham said, listen, the more simpler you can be, the more God can deal with you. He said, I'm not against education. Educations are all right. But people get so highly educated till they think that they know more about it than God does. You've got to forget that you know uh, any of your knowledge to know Christ. You've got to come with childlike and accept him. That's the way you accept God. The more simpler you get, the more humbler you get away from yourself, your ideas, and take God at his word and believe it. It's faith that these things come by, not what you figure out. You'll never be able. There's never been a man on the world, no saint, no one has ever figured God out. You can't. You don't think that you can do something. He said, now you don't think that you can do something that they cannot do. He's speaking of the saints. Don't think you can do something that the saints could not do. You believe on him. That's what he wants you to do. Don't try to figure it out. He said human reasoning will muddle up our minds. Muddle up your minds means to make cloudy like you were to stir up mud and water and it just gets muddled up. It gets all cloudy. Reasoning God's word will muddle up your your faith. Your understanding of God. It will muddle up your life. It will muddle up your heart. How many want clear vision in God? Believe God. Take God in his word. Don't add reasoning to it. Don't add your thinking to it. Don't process it through your mind. Receive it and accept it in your heart. You love the Lord. Brother Random said the secret is to believe God. Believe he's a healer. Believe he's a savior. Believe that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. The foundation message that Brother Branham used when he opened up the seals was God hiding himself in simplicity and revealing himself in the same. And he come out of the scripture where Jesus said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. He said it pleases God to reveal himself and then hide himself and reveal himself in simple little things. And this is why I'm laboring on this tonight. It is a major key to understanding the very nature, the unchanging nature of God and understanding the Bible. 
and understanding God in our own lives. He said, it's put over the top of the head of man. You say, well, why? Why would a just God do that? It's because that a man in the beginning, he tries to shift for himself. When man was made to completely rely upon God. That's the reason we're liking unto lambs or sheep. A sheep cannot lead himself. He has to have a leader. And the Holy Spirit is to lead us. So man is made that way. God made all of his work so simple that the simple can understand it. He makes himself so simple that in order to be understood by the simple. Ain't that wonderful? So the farmer can understand him. The uneducated can understand him. The common can understand him. The child can understand him. Ain't he a good God tonight? We stumble over simplicity. That's how we miss God. God is so simple. Now study that. Study it all. All of you people that are visiting here, when you go to your hotel rooms, ponder on them. We don't have time to break it down like we should. But I want you to go to your motel or hotel or your home. Gather together and study over it. Talking about the opening of the seals now. We miss him by the way that he reveals himself. He's so great, yet he hides himself in simplicity to make himself known to the least. Whoo! Don't try to get great because he goes over the top of it. But listen to the simplicity of God and you will find God in that simple way. That ought to make you shout tonight. Then he says, where is our faith to believe the simple word of God? Just what God said, take him at his word. God hides himself in a humble little bunch. He said, I love him. Isn't he wonderful? I hope and I trust this message will produce what it was intended to do. And it will get you to the place that you don't look for a flowery something. When you see God in greatness, you will see how humble it is. And you will see God. How wonderful. Perfect strength by perfect weakness. Brother Branham said that Paul, who knew all of the learnings like he did, when he met the pillar of fire, God took him off his high horse and put his nose in the dust. Brother Branham said when you get above the dust, you get above God. Woo! When we get above the dust, we get above God. So God took Paul, put his nose in the dirt and said, stay there. And then he put a thorn in his flesh to make sure that he stayed humble. Least he would be exalted by the abundance of revelations. You say, would God bring a man down to dust? Yes, he would. From the dust to glory. This is the way up is down. How many want to go up? The way up is downward into the dust. And, and the Bible, if you watch, this is a... This is a constant teaching of the word. You know, denomination is the opposite. Denomination actually exalts itself. And that was Satan's ambition before the foundation of the world was to exalt himself above all that was called God, which is the word of God. And 
denominations want to exalt themselves. And, and Brother Branham said in every organization, he said they, they put their, their ideas and they organize it. And they put it in a manual or a creed. And, and it's to prove that they have the truth. They have the answers. And they are the elite. So what Brother Branham said in the church age book. Every denomination is the elite. And therefore they are the teachers of, of everyone else. Because they have all the answers. Listen to what Brother Branham says. And is this the sign of the answer? He said now. I haven't tried to introduce to you people a gimmick that has all the answers. I've tried to be honest and tell you truth as God gave it to me. But when you see a person that's got all the answers to everything, it is contrary to the word. Then Brother Branham said, when you see a prophet, this is coming out of uh, why I'm against organized religion when you see a prophet rising that's got all the answers to every gimmick you can, that you can bring up remember he's not a prophet it's not the nature of God when you see isms rise up that have all the answers Brother Benham said the Holy Spirit cannot lead that man because he's got it all figured out God never tells us the end from the beginning, but one step at a time. I need you, Lord, tonight. I'm going to need you in the morning. I'm going to need you this week. God, hold my hand and guide me in the light. How many can say amen? God wants us to rely upon him and depend upon him as dear children. My children don't cook their own food. They hardly brush their own teeth. We tell them what to wear, what to eat, what time it is to go to bed, and they depend upon us because they are children. God receives glory when we say, Lord, lead me in what? What do you want me to wear today? Where do you want me to go today? Who do you want me to talk to today? God loves to hold our hands and guide us through life. And you know very well, any adult here knows that we don't have it together like we'd like the world to think. We get afraid. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what decisions to make. But I tell you that God we serve does. If we'll just get on our knees and pray and believe that he'll send the answer. We all need his presence. Can you say amen? The devil has always tried to substitute simple faith for education. Brother Branham said, now, the more simple you can make this gospel, the more reality we have. That's wonderful. He noticed Jesus when he preached he preached in the common language of the people. Notice Jesus had went to the prostitutes and the, and the low, the needy. He said, the, it's the sick that needs a physician. Jesus walked so humble. He opened out his mouth. He was not a self-promoter. He wasn't making his own reputation. Rather, he was worried about God's reputation. He was worried about the reputation of the word. 
Can you say amen? But Brother Branham said we make the gospel so complicated when the Bible is not complicated. You know, the Calvinists had a truth and they went so overemphasized the truth of grace, once saved, always saved. They got to the place they didn't even believe in revivals anymore. And they took a truth of the Bible and they got it in their head and they began to emphasize and emphasize and emphasize. And pretty soon, if, if they were meant to be saved, they'll be saved. Let's not put up the tent yet this year. Let's not do any outreach this year. And Brother Branham said it became totally corrupt. If you would have withstood them, they would have quoted you the scripture. But we're talking about head knowledge versus divine revelation. And Brother Branham sent a message to turn them out of that mess. I was in a discussion with a man not too long ago about the salvation of our households. And he said, well, you can never make non-elect elect. So if you have a child and they're not elect, you're never going to make them elect. But what about the word, thy and thy house shall be saved? Does that mean that that ain't true? Does it mean that God's word doesn't hold weight? What does it mean? Thy house shall be saved. You say, well, remember, Jacob and Esau, Isaac had two sons. I don't care about that. Paul said in the New Testament, thy and thy house shall be saved. Can we accept it without reasoning? Can we believe God's word on the basis of his word? You say, is that tribulation or bright? Does it matter? Thy and thy house shall be saved. What about Hattie Wright and her children? What about Aunt Jemima and her children? What about Job and his children? What about Rahab and her family? How about the word? How about take God in his word? The only way thy and thy house will not be saved if you don't believe thy and thy house will be saved. We're talking about the new covenant. We're talking about the new testament. Who are we to question the promises of God? Who are we to reason what God said was true? They said in the Old Testament, can he furnish a table in the wilderness? He done sent manna. He gave them water. He gave them healing. He led them by a pillar of fire. And they tempted God by saying, well, can he furnish a table? Put out the teacups and the teaspoons and put out the, and the flowers and make it pretty. Have our afternoon tea. Turn with me if you will. Psalm 78 verse 40. Psalm 78 verse 40. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness? Grieve him in the desert. Yea, they turned back and tempted and limited the Holy One of Israel. See, they set limits upon Almighty God. 
They limited in their own minds. They doubted his power and they limited him. They set boundaries upon his power that he could not pass, that he could not perform. In their minds, they limited the God of Israel. How can we limit God by our own feeble capacity? Our little peanut brains, how can we limit God? You know, we know time and space and distance and weight and matter. And God is so far beyond time, space, distance and matter. You limit God by your unbelief in God's word. We limit God by the way we think. We limit God by our attitudes. And you don't limit God. You limit God in your own life. You limit the blessings in your own life. When you don't believe the the word of the Lord. We limit God by denomination. Could you imagine if Peter, when he said, Lord, if that be you, bid me come. And he said, come. Could you imagine if Peter tried to understand what was happening? Could you imagine if he had to reason it out as, no, he was simple. And he was simple enough like a child. When he said, come, he just jumped out on the water. I believe the spirit of the Lord is here tonight. And I believe he's calling, bidding us come. Take me at my word, come. I challenge you to take me. How many would step out into the water? Just keep walking toward him. You rest assured the devil's going to raise up a storm. He would walk right up. You want to talk about surfing. You want to talk about crests in every wave. Take God in his word. I'd love to see some of this church on their, on their boards going out to the biggest. I'm looking for the biggest wave. God will take you over every trial, every wave, every sickness. We ought to be riding the waves of the glory of God tonight. How? Take God in his word. God is challenging someone that will take him at his word. Can you say amen? Brother Benham said, watch the platform. He said, watch the little children when they come to the platform. God don't refuse them. He said, see, the intellectual, they process it in their mind. He said, but the little fella, it don't matter how crippled. One time I read where a little boy poked his eyes out with a jackknife. Brother Brandon didn't even shake, didn't even flinch. Oh, Sonny, you poked your eyes out with a jackknife. Prayed and God restores the boy. Do you love the Lord? I'm not going to turn here, but... In 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 1, the king of Syria had gathered, I think it was about 32 different kings. And they were gathering up to besiege Samaria, make war against it. Ahab was the king at that time. The Bible tells us that a prophet comes to Ahab. Don't call the prophet by name. But the prophet came to Ahab and told him, you have seen this great multitude I'm going to deliver it now. And he said, you will conquer by the young men. Gather the young men and put them up to battle. And Ahab said, who should, who should, uh, 
Order the battle. He said, you will order the battle. So the young men went out to battle and they whipped the hide of their enemy. And after they drove them out, they came back. And the man of God, the prophet, came to the king of Israel and said, now, next year, they're going to come back. And so the servants of the king of Syria got together and began to counsel against the God of Israel. And they said, now the God of Israel is the God of the hills. And they believed that because Palestine is mountains. And they worshiped in Jerusalem on a mountain. And it was very rugged country. And they thought, we fought them on their ground. See, they were pagans. They had a God of wood and a God of the sea and a God of the wind and the God of the sun. And all of them had limitations. But Israel had a different kind of God than that. And they said, if we can get them in the valley, he said, our chariots will drive them over like pancakes. And God heard them. Here come the prophet to Ahab and said, God has said that Syria and their armies called me the God of the hills and not the God of the valley. And because they said this, you're going to wipe them out completely. When they went against them, they annihilated the king of Syria and God vindicated himself as the God of the mountains, the God of the valley, the God of heavens and earth. He is the God of your sickness. He is the God of your salvation. He is God when I'm happy. He is God when I'm sad. He is God when I'm lonely. He is God. He is the God of the mountains. He is the God of the valleys. He's the God of your trial. He is the God of this message. He can whip the devil any place, anywhere, anytime. He is the God of this church. He is the God of this Bible. He is the God of your circumstance. How many can say amen? amen? See, they limited God to mountaintop experiences. But God is God when I'm poor. God is God when I'm rich. God is God when I'm sick. God is still God. How many can say amen? God is omnipotent. He is the unlimited God. God is unlimited. You cannot weigh him. You cannot measure him. You cannot figure him out. You cannot underestimate the power of God. Don't estimate, underestimate God's ability. You know, Brother Branham said God came and he healed a possum by his own power. Brother Branham prays how silly this looks to the world. That God would raise a little fishy. He said, preach the gospel to every creature. Then God leads the possum. That possum didn't accidentally end up at Brother Branham's step. The Holy Spirit led the possum to the prophet. 
This sounds like a child story, some sort of fable, but we have a revelation of who the God of the Bible is. He's the God of the mountain, the God of the valley, the God of creation, the God of the Bible. He is the God of your experience. He is in control of our thoughts, of our actions, who we marry. He is God right now. He is God of your valley right now. How many of you say amen? God leads a possum to the house of Brother Branham while many ministers behind the pulpit denied divine healing. God sends a possum to his doorstep and God's power raises that possum back to rebuke this unbelieving generation that has a form of godliness that denies the power of God. How far will God's salvation reach? How far will God stoop? The Bible said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. How far will God reach? How dark will the man's sin be? Would he reach for a prostitute? Would he reach for a drunkard, some drunken sot? Would he reach into the Catholic church and convert a priest? Would he reach into the Baptist church, the Presbyterian church? Who are we to limit God's mercy? It's only limited not by the Bible, but by our own foolish unbelief. Jeremiah said the Lord in 32 verse 17, Behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth. By thy great power have you stretched out your arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. And you show loving kindness unto thousands. How do we limit who God can save and who he can't save? God forbid we ever have the elite mentality where we begin to put boundaries upon this message. That we begin to put limitations upon this message. God will do what he wants to. God so loved the world. How many believe John 3.16? Oh, but it's so simple. God so loved the world. Brother Branham preached it even after the opening of the seals. God so loved the world. And the fountain is open. To whosoever will, let him come. He was lifted up for our healing. He was lifted up for our salvation. He was lifted up for our sanity. His mercy is unlimited. The Pharisees looked at that prostitute and said, if that man knew what she was, they wouldn't even been in the same room with her. But God's unlimited mercy reached down to her. God's unlimited mercy come running after her. Draw me, Lord, and I'll come running after you. Denomination limits salvation of God. Men limit the salvation of God. We were commanded not to colonize, not to make walls and build walls of separation. He that cometh to me, I'll no wise cast out. How many believe that promise? 
unlimited measures of grace. The capstone cried, grace, grace, unmerited grace. You think we saw grace in the end time. Grace comes greater than ever. Who are we to limit it? Who are we to put a period when God didn't put a period? The only one that can say amen is God. He amens his own word. Can we be humble enough to accept that God loves people outside of our own ranks? You got to be a part of my clique in order for God to love you. Shame. Shame on you. We are holding salvation to the earth. God forbid we should hold it with a fist instead of release it freely. Have you received freely give? God forbid we don't trumpet this message around the world. Whosoever will, let him come. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. Call your families. Call your loved ones. Witness at work. There's blood for you. There's salvation for you. There's mercy for you. In a hopeless world, there's hope for you. You know, God made a promise, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. 800 years lapsed, weeks, months, calendars flipping, years, 200 years, 400 years. And one day there was an old believer, Zachariah, godly man, with a godly little praying wife who believed in the consolation of Israel. Honey, I don't see how we can make it past this next year. He said he'd be here, and his word won't fail. That's right, honey. Why are you looking so sad tonight? You feeling down? You feeling blue, honey? I just, I always thought God would give me a a child. Honey. All things are possible with God. Be encouraged. Thank you, sweetheart. I'm going down to the temple. It's about time for prayer. And I've got to burn the incense tonight. He puts on his garments, goes down to his post of duty. Maybe it was a night like tonight. And he's a faithful, faithful old man, real believer. Gets his incense, and he's done this routine maybe hundreds of times. But this time was different. When he walked in, he was shaking the incense. The incense is going up. But he feels like he's not alone. And he looks, and to the right side of the altar stands the immortal Gabriel. He said, I'm sent from the presence of God to tell you now is the time. Your wife is going to have a child. Now, Zechariah is a godly old man, but his mind begins to turn. Uh, she's really stricken in age. Did you, did you look on your books before you came? <laughs> the angel said, because you said this, you will not speak a word until this word be fulfilled in its season. And he was gone. 
John comes out. And the people thought he saw a vision. God's word. It didn't matter how old she was. It didn't matter how much unbelief Zechariah had. It didn't matter whether the preachers would ever believe it. God was going to do this because his reputation is on his word. And you know John had come. John the Baptist, God gave her more than a child. He gave her the greatest prophet ever walked the earth outside of Jesus Christ. Six months later, the same angel standing in a tight little narrow place waiting for a 15-year-old virgin to come. She's walking a little cobblestone. Her mind is on what the preacher was preaching the night before. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Unto us a child is born. A son is given. She's meditating upon the word. And Brother Branham said, he always, say always. He always draws near when we are thinking about his word. When we are meditating upon his word. And he comes in unexpected times, in unexpected ways, in unexpected seasons to fulfill his word. He does it through who he will. He chooses who he will. And she's walking. And Brother Branham said she saw a flicker. And she looked. And there stood Gabriel. And said, you are standing in a predestinated moment. Because you are going to have a child and bring forth him who will redeem Israel from their sins. Now she asked the same question Zechariah did. But her heart was different. Because Brother Branham said, watch her childish heart. How shall these things be a 15 year old girl? How shall these things be? I don't know a man. And he said, the Holy Ghost will overshadow thee. Brother Branham said, there's never a healing without the Holy Ghost. There's never a miracle without the Holy Ghost. There's not a church service without the Holy Ghost. There's not a Christian without the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will overshadow thee. God, overshadow me tonight. Overshadow me on the job. Overshadow me in the school. Overshadow me, Lord. And she didn't question. She didn't stagger. I imagine she grinned with a virgin smile and said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Bid unto me according to thy word. Something supernatural started brewing. I believe something supernatural is moving in our hearts tonight. Can you say amen? You know, Brother Branham said, some people say, Christianity, I can't live the life. I can't quit drinking. I can't quit smoking. I can't quit lusting. Brother Branham said, the Holy Spirit takes the can out. Takes the limitations out. Let me tell you, you can live a holy life. You can live an overcoming life. The Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Take all the cancer away. Take all the doubts away. Take all the limitations off God. I'd never be a preacher. Don't you limit God. I'd never marry a preacher. Don't you limit God. God could never use me. Don't you dare limit God in your life. Humble yourself to his word. While all the theologians had Isaiah 7 figured out, Isaiah 9 figured out, there was a little virgin that said, I believe it the way God interpreted it. If we in the message could only do that. 
I just would believe it the way God interpreted it. Can you say amen? Now how's that? Believe it the way it's written. We limit God by saying we can only come so far. In the first exodus, that same spirit existed. God was bombing Pharaoh one plague after the other. He was getting tired. God knows how to afflict our enemy. He knows how to send hornets on them. He knows how to tor- torment them with emrods and botch. And he knows how to plague them until they turn loose of his children. Have you ever thought of the supernatural realms? That the devils are getting whipped. Devils are crying for fear when Jesus came around. I wonder if we could upset hell tonight if our faith raised to the level that devils would be destroyed, angels would draw their swords, and supernatural battles are taking place. As we yield ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe angels are here. I believe the Holy Spirit is here. I believe the Word. Paul said the Word is not bound. The word has free course. How many say give it free course in my life? Have me, Lord. Take my hands. Take my heart. Take my life. Use me, Lord. Pharaoh believed in a so far religion. All right, Moses, I'm going to let you go. But I want your sacrifices to stay. You can even take your children. Take your young people to a youth meeting. But you come back. And Moses said, oh, no. Not our religion. Our God is the God of the mountains, the God of the valley, the God of Egypt, the God of China, the God of Japan. And our God told us to go to a mountain and sacrifice these sacrifices. We will not compromise. I am on your hands. I am not leaving one hoof behind. I'm not leaving mama behind. I'm not leaving my brother behind. I'm not leaving the church behind. We're all going to the promised land. We're all going to go in the rapture. I said, Lord, take the limits off my life. Let me cast down my reasonings. We don't believe in a so far religion. So you know what he did? Right after that conference with Pharaoh, he gathered the people around and said, you get a lamb for a house. You get a lamb for the whole household. Get your family under the blood. This is Old Testament type. And he said it was to be applied with hyssop, which was a type of faith. Brother Branham said it it even grows out of the cracks of the walls. I don't know if you saw hyssop while you were there. But they grew out of the cracks of the walls and the corners. He said it's like grass here. Could you imagine if God said now, death angel's coming through tonight. And all you got to do is get your family in. Go out and get you some grass, dip it in blood, put blood over the door. How easy is that? Brother Branham said that hyssop represents common faith that we can just get anywhere. In other words, just reach down and get it. In other words, you have the faith right now to just reach down and take your healing, to reach out and take your joy, to reach out and take your peace. You have the faith right now. 
Brother Branham said it's the same kind of faith that I put a hat on. It's the same faith that will make you a Christian. It's the same faith. Brother Branham said, they said, Brother Branham, faith for healing and faith for miracles are two different things. He said, oh, no, it isn't. The same faith that gives healing is the same faith that gives miracles. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Right now, you have the faith for any promise of the Bible. And he said, apply it with childlike faith. It's so simple. He said, people stumble at the thought of it. He said, you couldn't come to church without faith. You couldn't be sitting in that seat without faith tonight. You have the faith right now to apply the promises of God to you. How many can say amen? But you got to believe it with all your heart. You don't need a message education. It's exactly right. Brother Branham said, notice, you don't have to have an education. You don't have to have theology. The only thing you have to know is Jesus died to save sinners and his blood washes you like snow with simple childlike faith. That ought to make you shout. We're saved because God said so. We are free because God said so. God dwells in the center of humility. How many believe John 3.16? How many believe Revelations 10.7? Brother Branham said no matter how much teaching you got or you can drum into you, God's not in big words. God is in an honest heart. A humble, submitted heart in simplicity is what brings you to God. A humble heart, God loves it. No matter if you don't know your ABCs, it don't make any difference. Just a humble heart. God dwells in a humble heart. And he's looking for entrance. He said, notice. It, he said, the old, this old time gospel don't have to have fancy words. It must be laid out in simplicity and accepted upon those grounds and it will bear the results. Not looking, not looking for anything high that you can't reach. The kingdom of heaven is right at your hand. Many times we make it so complicated with creeds and different things, different isms. He said we made up inside of our fleshly mind. We drive sinners away from God. Just make it simple, little children, that children will understand. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. For after in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. But it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation is past tense. By his stripes we're healed. He saved us 2,000 years ago. He healed us 2,000 years ago. It's an unmerited gift. And God included me at Calvary. Put your name there. God included you. God included me. He died for me. He bled for me. He rose for me. And he came down in this age with a message to come running after me. To call me out. Calling me out of Babylon. Calling me out of the headship of man. It takes the simplicity of God.
to bring the power of God. I love the vessel God used with Brother Branham. He he wasn't schooled. He wasn't an orator. He wasn't a fancy personality. He wasn't handsome. I mean that with all respect. He was a humble, unmatched in humility. Laughed at, scoffed at, pushed around. Big shots all glittering around him. And he stood with humble authority and devils screamed for mercy. I believe that's the authority behind this humble message. God isn't interested in the glitter. He's looking for glow. He's looking for humility. He's looking for childlike faith to take him at his word, to take him at his message. Not add to it or take away, but humble ourselves to it. Brother Branham said this, salvation and healing is available to all men. Oh, all the redemption, all the blessings, all the power, all the might within him is in reach of every believer tonight. Healing is in your reach. Joy is in your reach. Victory is in your reach. It's at your fingertips. Raise your hand to God. It's at your fingertips. Healing is in your reach. Salvation is in your reach. The Holy Ghost is in your reach. Deliverance is in your reach. God is at your reach. The answer is at your reach tonight. That's the God of the mountains. That's the God of the valley. That's the God of Laodicea. That's the God of this Bible. Everything is at your fingertips. God does it in such a way goes right over the heads of people. I love the scriptures. Is anything too hard for God? The angel said to Sarah. Jesus said nothing is impossible unto God. How many times did he say it? Brother Branham said, oh, can I hold you a few more minutes? He said, oh, the blessedness of believing. The blessing of not trying to figure it out. The blessing of just resting on God's word. It's true and just go on. It's life. It's real living. He said, my old mother-in-law. He said, her. she was telling him the other day, Bill, I had a clock and I couldn't make it run. And I didn't have money to buy another one. I got down and said, God, make my clock run for me. I looked up and it was running perfectly. She goes, then a couple days later, Bill, she said, my, my refrigerator wouldn't defrost. And I couldn't put butter and things in there. She goes, I, I, I couldn't. I didn't know what to do and I don't have the money to buy another. And I said, Lord, you know me. You fixed my clock. I need you to fix my refrigerator. I got out of prayer and it was running perfectly. Don't limit God's healing to human beings or possums or fish or refrigerators or clocks. He is unlimited. He cares about us. He knows what we need. Don't limit him and his salvation to your children. I don't care how long they've heard it. God can come in the blink of an eye. 
Israel has a saying that the salvation of Jehovah comes in the blink of an eye. God can come at the least moment that you're not thinking about it. How many say, Lord, I'm praying, don't let me limit you. I know you can furnish a table in the wilderness. I know you can anoint me in the presence of my enemies. I know you can do anything and all things are possible. And you can save the vilest. Don't tell God how to do it. The only way to get anything from God is to take him at his word and then believe it's for you. So what a paradox is. Incredible, but true. Are we simple enough to say the Bible is incredible, but it's true? The speaking of squirrels into existence is incredible, but it's true. The opening of the seals in this day is incredible, but it's true. What did God say to the prophet that the seals were open to bring us out of this denominational confusion to bring forth manifestations of the Son of God? You are not men. You are not feeble sinners saved by grace. You are gods redeemed by the blood. That's incredible, but it's true. The wife of Almighty God sitting in the very throne of God, incredible. But it's true. And it's happening right now. The rapture is happening as we speak. It's incredible. But it's true. Are we a part of the greatest climax the world has ever seen? Incredible. But it's true. Not by power. Not by might. But by my spirit, saith the Lord. Do you love the Lord? How did Moses deliver two million children with a staff in his hand? Brother Branham said all he had was the word. But it was enough. After he cleaned Egypt's clock, he starts marching down, a sea got in the way, God just moved the sea back and God's predestinated path was right through the Red Sea. Isn't it amazing? God's predestinated path for us is right through the darkest age that's ever been, but it's moving back as we're walking toward the millennium. Glory! How in the world did he feed two million people every morning raining bread out of heaven? Incredible, but true. How did he give them water on their journey? How did a rock follow them through the wilderness? It's incredible, but it's true. How did a whale eat Jonah? Incredible, but it's true. How did a man be dead four days and raise again? I believe it with all my heart. The children never got sick. Their shoes never wore out. God uses weakness as his tools. God uses women with childlike faith. He uses young people with childlike faith. They don't take God at his word. How in the world do you take down walls that chariot races are run around them with trumpets? It's incredible, but it's true. How many believe that? Brother Branham said, now, that's the death stroke to Satan. 
When a man takes God at his word, it'll kill Satan every time. You take God at his word, it'll shake every devil from you. You can run free and put on the full armor of God. Tens of thousands of people were healed by childlike faith. It's absolutely amazing. Brother Branham said, now don't try to figure out anything. Say anything. Don't try to figure out anything that God says. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to accept it by faith. Because God is known only by faith. And faith has no limitations. Ain't that wonderful? Brother Branham said, you have got to cast down reasoning. You've got to cast down every reasoning. There was a woman, she was in a... I think Texarkana, I think it was. She, she came up in prayer, Brother Branham's meetings. She was crying and she had a handkerchief over like this. Brother Branham thought she was crying, but when she took it away, she had no nose. Brother Branham prayed for her. And then he went down, I think it was to Texas or something, and a woman was trying to get his attention. She said, remember me, Brother Branham. He said, I don't. She said, you prayed for me. I didn't have a nose, and her nose grew back on her face. I don't care what the doctors are limited. The devil is limited. But God is not limited. The devil is limited. He can't touch a hair on your head unless God says so. He is limited. He can't go but as far as God will let him. The devil's the one that's limited tonight. Sickness is limited tonight. Death is limited tonight. Weary and depression is limited tonight. But our God is the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley. He's the God of sickness. The devil is limited in our young people's life. He can only go so far. Then God says, take your hand off of them. You take your hand off of God's children. We have an enforcer. And you have a right to call that forcer on the scene. I command you, take your hand off of God's property. Limited devils, limited lies. His time is limited. He has a short time. But our unlimited God is calling us to take him at his word. Hallelujah. God can grow a nose back. He can do anything. Brother Branham said in the fifth seal, I think it was, I believe the time is coming under the miraculous powers of God and missing limbs will be restored by the power of Almighty God. I believe that with all my heart. You are never past hope. Brother Branham said, get it out of your mind. You are never past hope. Many times cripples think, well, it isn't for me. If God can heal a headache, he can heal a cripple. He can raise the dead. He is not limited in your life. He is not limited by your circumstances. He is only limited by our unbelief. And I'm casting it down. I'm casting out the devil tonight. I'm taking God at his word. Don't reason it. Don't get a second thought. Take God at his word. 
Brother Branham said that's the secret to believe as a child. Brother Branham said this is remarkable. He said, how can I have faith, Brother Branham? It's as simple as reaching and getting hyssop by the, and applying the blood. Believe it for yourself. Believe that Christ died for you. Believe the innocent one died in your place, the sinner and the guilty. The same applies divine healing. By simple faith, take him at his word. That's why the great revival broke out in England. The Anglican church had it so complicated that only the educated could understand. God gets a church in that condition. When a church gets in that condition, God always sends a revival of simplicity and breaks that thing to pieces. That's what we need today is simpleness. That's what the nation needs today is the simplicity of faith in Christ to surrender themselves unselfishly with their whole heart, their whole soul, their whole mind, and all they are to Jesus. Just simple. Don't have to learn nothing at all. Just believe that Jesus died to give you the blessing. Then it's yours by faith. As soon as you pick up that hyssop and apply the blood, something happens in every man and every woman that does it. I'm not waiting to the end of the service. I see a little hyssop right here. I'm applying it to my heart now. No more. I'm now disbelieving my disbelief. I am now casting down my unbelief in the promise of God. I'm applying that to my life. I'm claiming that salvation. I'm claiming that victory. I'm claiming that promise. Do you know that the revivals of history, if you study the revivals of history, they most always included young people. If you study the Old Testament revivals under Joshua, it was a bunch of youngins under 20. David, Josiah, Jeremiah, Joseph, the little maid in Israel, Daniel and his friends, John the Baptist, even the ministry of Jesus, the lad and his lunch. I could take you down to the great reformations there was a man in the 1400s by the name of John Collett. All he did was get the Bible in his hands. He began to read it to college students. And within a week, there was thousands flocking to hear the scriptures read in their own tongue. Let me tell you, there is a power in this word. This is not the words of man. It is the words of Almighty God. And there is a drawing power. And God is drawing a bride to perfection. God will have a church without spot, wrinkle, blemish. It will be incredible. But it's true. She will be one mind, one accord. They will believe the same thing. One faith, one Lord, one baptism. Incredible, but it's true. And all power of divine power will be in her. Moody, it was a movement over young people. In Wales, it was a movement of young people. We could just go over and over and over. God using young people because of their humility. Brother Branham said, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this little thing. It should be a rebuke to our older people. When that little heart is tender and young, she wants to come. So little, Lord, you can deal with her heart. Become humble and simple. May it be an example, Lord, that you can deal with people. He said, God bless you, young fellow. 
May God make a preacher out of you. God bless you colored ladies sitting there in front of me, little sister, the sister. God be with you. God bless you, young fellow right there. I see over to my left these young children. Scripture speaks of a little child leading in Isaiah 10. See, their hearts have not been pulled through the world. They're young and they're tender. They love God. God loves them. He can talk to them. We've seen so many disappointments. It's hard for our hearts. Many times we've pulled it through True Magazine, True Story Magazine and stuff of the world. It should have never been there. And it calloused it. God will take every callous off of you if you'll just let him make you sweet, tender, kind, loving, forgiving. If you'll just have faith. If you'll just believe. Everybody that comes out of the world in this day comes in a mess. The children are almost born without a chance. I was in a protected home, but if the walls could talk, the half has never been told. The evil that you learn at school, the evil that you see just on commercials, the evils that you see in the world is so shameful. Once the eye catches it, you can't get rid of it. And your heart becomes hardened. And then Papa will walk out on the family, abandon the children, rip your heart out, disappointments beyond disappointments. Then in order to survive, you got to be tough. Because only the strong survive out in the world. The strongest survive, the tough guy. You can't hurt me. I won't give you my heart. And you become so hard, nothing can reach you. And then when you come to Christ, you're bearing scars. I imagine Legion, even though he was delivered, had to look at these scars upon his body and always remember that once the devil had him. Our hearts can be hardened. Our hearts can be hardened to truth. Our hearts can be hardened even to the presence of God. Our hearts can be hardened to the suffering of others. But I know there's hyssop here. Tonight as I'm preaching, I'm asking God, take the blood and wash away and heal these scars, Lord. I believe it was a youth meeting that we had testimony of a girl that cut herself and she was worshiping in the presence of God and the scars were gone. I believe even tonight, just if you reach up with hyssop, God can wipe all the scars off the heart. Make you tender. Make you care and compassionate. Make your heart tender and conscience of the presence of God. God reveals himself in simplicity. Brother Jonathan Martin used to tell me stories how they grew up real poor, sold shoes for a living. Their dad was trying to preach, preach the gospel out to Indians and so forth. He said one day they got in a truck and truck was out of gas. And he said they were just people of faith. And he said, y'all bow your heads. We need God to come on the scene. And he said, Lord, don't have gas in the tank. Will you help us, Lord? They opened their eyes and the gas tank went back up like that. Let me tell you, God is not limited. He can do anything, anywhere, anytime. God help us to believe that all things are possible to them that believe. I believe that you love us, Lord. I believe you're guiding us. I believe you plucked me out of the world and you have a purpose for my life.
I believe you'll never leave me or forsake me. The devil lies, but I believe your word. I believe your report. The greatest success of Brother Branham's healing took place among heathens that could not read or write. The greatest meetings was among the Apache Indians on American soil. Brother Branham said it was absolutely amazing. It took him a bit. But once they saw the presence of God, it was like a stampede. He said miracles abounded. And he talked about how they come through with simple faith. Child's eyes were straightened. A woman of venereal was healed. Little old woman with crutches on her arms. He said they were broomsticks with towels wrapped around them. Her face had been weathered. He said she came up, tears was rolling down her wrinkled, weathered skin. He said, I never even prayed for her. She smiled, handed me her crutches, and walked on. Let me tell you, he's the same God tonight. He is the God of the mountains. He's the God of the valleys. He is a God that can put a nose on a face. He's a God that can heal an illiterate Indian. Brother Branham said a retarded boy up in Africa with a chain about his neck out of his mind for the first time straightened up and came to his senses and 30,000 natives were saved at one time. They didn't know Revelations 10, Malachi 4, Luke 17, 30, Mark, 20, Mark 16. They knew none of those promises. All they knew was God loved them and God was saying, come and drink, come to the fountain. It's not complicated. We're complicated. I want a healing campaign in my life. Lord, take all the message that's caught up here and bring it down here. How many say, Lord, everything that got caught up here, take the Holy Spirit and drive it down into my soul tonight. I'm tired of it being in my thinking. I want it to be in my heart. We are God's achievement. We are God's achievement tonight. There's nothing too hard for God. Say nothing. Do you love the Lord? I'm, I'm closing. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers least I come and smite the earth with a curse Brother Branham said watch the turning of the heart the children of the Old Testament to the new born again children of God then he turns our hearts the children of God he said in the church age book Back to the apostolic fathers whose hearts were turned to the children. They had to become as little children in order to enter into that land. We thank God for all the revelations that He has brought in this day. But God never intended for it to turn this, He wanted to turn this. And I want to renew my vows. I said, Lord, I want to give you my heart. I want to give my life away. I want you to have it all. 
I never want to limit you in my life and anyone else's life. I never want to put any limitations. I want to be humble enough, simple enough, and innocent enough to say God's word is true even if I don't understand it. This message is true even if I don't understand it. I don't have to understand it. When I tell my children, go put your britches on, and they say, why? I say, because I said, go get your britches. I don't have to tell them why. They got to follow orders. And God is the same. He don't have to tell us why. Just get your britches on. Get your shoes on. We're fixing to get out of here. Can we stand to our feet? As the musicians will come, I would have loved to have been there. God's elected fisherman with a greasy apron, mud all over this one's feet. This one been out, smells like fish from the nets. Tax collector. <laughs> Sorry, Brother Joe. God still saves tax collectors. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in the inner circle as every eye was on him. I remember one, one time Brother Ed Biscoe told me, if I could go back, I would have been running a camera the whole time, not missing a thing. And I'm sure they were on their toes and they were watching every move that he made. God was just writing it upon their heart. It's amazing how they would remember the Testaments the way that they just etched it into their memory. And they're watching him. Maybe they had a fuss earlier. Fisherman and tax collector. I'll be the greatest when I get there. No, I'll be the greatest. Or who do you think's the greatest? Elijah, Elijah's got it. No, no, Moses has got it. So they thought they'd ask Jesus the question. Who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus calls a little fella. He takes him and he looks at him. Except you get like this, you ain't going nowhere. And I believe if he was standing here in a corporal body, he would do the same thing tonight. Except we humble ourselves not our own ability, but let the dove of the Holy Spirit come into our life, transform us by the supernatural power of God and become as a child to believe this message. We will never go in a rapture. We've got to accept it on the basis of God sending it. How many can say, Lord, I accept this message that you've sent. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I accept it the way you sent it, through a prophet. I accept, Lord, everything. Even if I don't understand it, I accept it, Lord. I believe it. It's too vindicated. It's just too, I see God all through it. That's all you got to do. Let him on the inside. Let us bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, such a strange evening tonight. just feels so close even since the song service. And Lord, these words are real to us. This gospel is real to us, Lord. This message is real to us.
First, we want to ask forgiveness, Lord, for ever limiting you in our lives. Help thou our unbelief, O God. Wash away, Lord, all the unbelief, all the doubt, all the questions. Help us to be like Mary, just a child that threw up her hands. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Help us, Lord, to know you're the God of the mountain and the God of the valley. You're the God of every minute of the day. You're the God of this service tonight. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, take all of our head knowledge and bring it into our heart. Burn it into our hearts by the fire from heaven. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves that we don't have to know it all. We don't have to understand it all. But we do have to believe it all. Oh God, may faith arise and our enemies be scattered. May there be a faith bank, Lord. May we love like Christ loved and live like Christ lived and believe like Christ believed and pray like Christ prayed. Let the life of the token fill this church, Lord. Let the light of God guide our path. All things are possible. We believe all things are possible, Lord. Help thou our unbelief. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Let's everyone sing it now. Just a few more minutes. Let's sing in the spirit. Oh.